This is the Comedy Kiosk, podcast by Monday and Munoz. Please welcome Monday and Munoz. Hello, welcome to the Comedy Kiosk, a podcast in which we discuss news, opinions and ideas about comedy. I'm David Munoz. And I'm Igor Monday. And today's topic is 10 things I've learned about comedy by Eagle Monday. So, Eagle, where did that come from? Yeah, well, that came from basically recently. It was uh, my seventh year anniversary of doing stand-up. I've started. Yay! I've started. I've I've done my first open mic back in 2014, November, mm-hmm. end of November 2014. So it was exactly seven years, and a lot of things have changed. I've done a lot of stuff. Your hair uh, shorter. My hair shorter. My belly's fatter. Yeah. And uh, I've learned a lot of things. I experienced a lot of things. I saw a lot of things change, grow, mm-hmm. develop. Uh, I don't know. Gets ruined and built from scratch, uh, rebuilt again. I've you know ex- just met a lot of people, mm-hmm. and I I just started in my head. Just even it wasn't some kind of plan. You know, I'll write an article. I just started forming some kind of what kind of advice I can give to maybe some younger comics, newer comics, mm. and what I've learned and how it can help maybe others or how we can summarize my experience. So I compiled this list, let's say, yep. 10 things I've learned doing stand-up. Yep. It's mostly about my personal experience and yeah. here in Moscow, right, uh, in Russia. But I think it might even help someone in a different country or a different uh, scene, different market, because, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of things actually repeat and happen all around the world. So, oh, yeah, there, there are some very common themes that we'll be able to find. So we're basically we're going to go through is we're going to go through each one. You're going to explain it. Then I'll give my feedback and then we'll have a back and forth about it and then move on to the next one. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and hopefully we'll get through probably about half of them or so. And then the next Next episode, we'll finish it off as well. So, you know, don't worry, not all 10 are in one episode. You can take a break, have a coffee, cigarette, or, you know, kiss someone that you love. You know, whatever. Yeah, so let's do five this uh, part one, and mm-hmm. then we'll continue with the other five in the next episode. Yeah, exactly. So I will just read them out, and we can discuss them. You can tell me, do you agree? Do you disagree? How do you see it? Where do you think it came from? Is it a good advice, actually? Yeah. Does it apply universally, or is it very, again, Moscow-specific, our, yeah. our scene, our community, whatever, our situation-specific, etc.? So the first one, number one, uh, and they're in no particular order, by the way. It's not like least important to most important or most important to least important, or it's just like random thoughts that I've put together, compiled a list. So basically they're all all over the place. But the first one I think is an important one and is a big one. And I say, if you want it, make it happen. That's my first thing I've learned while doing stand-up. And I'll explain. So basically... People depend. sacrifice a goat, give your soul to Satan. That's how you do it. Well, whatever, yeah, whatever way you can use, or whatever I don't know, kiss the devil on the crossroads, or whatever is the the whoa, way to get. Whoa, you. Whoa. you want to get frisky with the devil? Oh, okay, I don't know, kiss a, a hand job, whatever you need to do <laughs> yeah. with the devil. I get that. A little reach around. Yeah. No, the, the idea is, uh, you know, if you want it. Just make it happen. I know a lot of people, they want to do at least like open mics. They want to do longer sets. They want to travel and perform and stuff, but they don't do it. They, I mean, they don't do it. They wait to be invited. They wait for someone else to do it and to make it uh, for them and to provide this platform. But when I was starting, there was basically one open mic. I mean, several open mics by one organization that was not even ran properly i would say due to it being so new and fresh and you know no one really had experience or understanding of how to do it which means that basically if i wanted to do it properly if i wanted to organize a paid show if i wanted to organize a bigger show uh and i've co-organized shows from universities to a big like we had a first english stand-up was for first two years or three years just 30 people in a basement for free open mic always. And then we organized a huge theater show for 500 people where we charged back then a good, good price for it. So it was, let's say expensive for the market back then and so on. And we took five of our best comics and showcased them on that big show. Then, or I organized three tours abroad, three European tours because I wanted to go abroad and perform. And I knew that if I want to do it, I should just 
do it you know yeah. i yeah. should reach out i should ask people i should try to find the venues find the organizers around europe etc we've also been doing shows around moscow in different cities i don't know i've done over 40 venues and bars in moscow i can't say like i've organized them all many of them i was also invited and i was just there because but by else... then by the time you're invited it's because you're already established people know you and i think that's the big thing like a lot of people wait for that first one to be the invite like the first yeah, moment to yeah. be invited to it and, and things like that, or you know the first few at least. And it's like, well, no, you, you have to take the first step yourself. Even if it's, okay, you either, you, know, you either go to a comedy club and you get up on stage and you perform, or you, if there is no such thing, then you have to create it, or yeah. you have to travel or something like that, like to where there is. So there you're like your two options. You either create, create it or you travel or you go to where it is. But either way, those first few, you have to do it yourself. It's not until you're established. And that's one thing I have learned. You know, it's not until you're established and you get a bit of name recognition or people recognize who you are that then they they start inviting you. They start going, oh, okay, so I've seen you perform. You do well. Okay, come to this show. Okay, you want to be part of this, you know, performance. But that's even only when, again, someone else have has already established yeah. a show, a venue, a platform for you to be invited. Yeah. But if there is no such thing, you know, like... I would really want to go and perform in in uh, Siberia. Iceland. Yeah, in Siberia. Exactly. <laughs> like exactly. I did, yeah. So if you want to do a show there, if you're just traveling through that place or you mm -hmm. maybe you want to move, maybe, I don't know, you get a great job offer in Siberia, you move tomorrow and you want to keep doing stand-up. You understand there is no stand-up there. Yeah. Make it. Do it. Like yeah. I, I know, Even if it's the once a month thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, our friend now and let's say colleague, He's an American comic, and he was doing a lot of uh, stuff back home and traveling around, doing corporate gigs in uh, Middle East a lot and stuff, like uh, mm -hmm. big budget corporate shows in places like Bahrain, Dubai, whatever. And then he moved to Georgia because of his wife. His wife was Georgian. They moved yeah. to Georgia, to Tbilisi, where there was- So this is Georgia, the country, not the state yeah, in America. Yeah, exactly, Georgia, the country. Nate, Nate Eubanks. So that was maybe three, four years ago. And I remember he messaged us and asked, like, I see you're the only English-speaking organization, like, East, east of Berlin, basically, mm. or maybe what was then Prague or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, can I get some advice on how to start a scene? Because I want to keep performing and there is nothing here. Yeah. There is like barely any Georgian stand-up or uh, even Russian stand-up, which they kind of speak as well, yeah. let alone English. And he did. And he started a scene and now they have regular weekly shows and they bring like bigger acts and so on and so forth. Yeah. So the man made it happen. And that's the whole thing. Like, you know, people often just wait to have that invitation, to have that platform, to have that opportunity. But I would say, if you want it, then like stick your neck out, you know, like roll, roll up your sleeves and yeah. just try to do it. Maybe you're not an organizer, maybe you're not a producer, maybe not an event manager, whatever, but try to do it or try to find a team or some people that would like to, you know, that would support that yeah. and so on. And if anyone knows the classic Field of Dreams movie with Kevin Costner, build it and they will come. Oh, that's that's where the quote is yeah. is from. Yeah, isn't that actually something from like Roman times or whatever, like Babylon? Or I have shit? no idea, but that that movie kind of really popularized that saying I of see. "build that's it and they will come" because he builds the baseball stadium in his field, like the ba baseball pitch or whatever it is, uh, baseball field, and yeah, and then all of a sudden, all those former White Sox, dead guys, ghosts or whatever, all pop up, including his dad. So anyway, build it and they will come. So build your scene and they will come. And they will come. All right. So the second one is use your opportunities, perform, make connections, get exposure. So basically use your opportunities. Mm -hmm. And then that's like the, the subhead, right? Is perform, make connections, get exposure. So all the opportunities that are presented to you. Because basically you can, you know, literally if you carpe diem, seize the day, use your opportunity, mm -hmm. you can, I think, really maximize your chances of, going somewhere with stand-up yeah. if, if that's what you're planning on doing. Because I know people who just, you know, they're, again, waiting for something to happen, but not even not even like going out and do it, making them themselves, as I said in the point, point mm -hmm. one, but they're not even using the opportunities that are handed to them. You know, yeah. like they just fall in their or lap. available. Yeah. yeah, that are available. To the max, at least, they're not using them. Maybe they're using them on some casual level, but mm. not to the max. So I would say, like, all possible. You know, if you have a chance, not all, of course, like, you should always be honest with yourself and true to your, I don't know, like, true Belize, to yourself. Ethics yeah, and like, all the rest, yeah. you know. But, I mean, the things that can really help you, again, like, perform. 
Yeah. Shows that are available, spots that are available, apply, do them, you know, uh, try that new stage, try that new crowd, mm -hmm. try to go to a different city, different place, whatever. Make connections, like talk to people, shake hands, go to different you know, like hubs maybe where comics meet at shows. When we did the online shows, like just chat yeah. to people, add them to well, Facebook. Well, that was great. That was you really know? good, like being able to meet comedians from, from around the world. And I know some people took advantage of those and, you know, they, they uh, got those connections and were able to perform in, in other places. I mean, you yourself did some club in LA or whatever, technically online. Uh, yeah, I yeah. did one in Miami sort of thing and, and another one in San Francisco. And that was really cool. And then from that San Francisco one, it was really interesting because one of those guys then performed with us steal the show like you know he kind of i told him where we were at and he was like oh yeah and yeah so it was a really it was that opportunity i, I completely agree with you um i know i have screwed that up a couple of times um with my comedy career i mean i i started off okay so i broke rule one i was invited into stand-up by accident from a dinner party and then i got invited to do like a corporate gig sort of thing i did those 30 minutes but then i really messed up where i had the opportunity of possibly playing at the local casino uh, maybe even having a regular gig, and I didn't jump on it straight away. I lost the card, and then I just didn't have the oh, gumption. We all, we all know the story. Yeah, and then I didn't have the gumption to go to the – which I could have just easily done. It was just – you know, the other side of town, that's all it was. I could have ridden my bicycle there and been there in 50 minutes and just gone, hi, I talked to the entertainment guy. Uh, what's his name? Like, blah, blah, blah. I met him in a bar. He offered me a thing. Can I, you know, meet with him? You know, is he available? I could have done that. And yet I did it. You know, I, I really screwed up. This is, this is one that I fail a lot in. But I think I've gotten better. I now say yes. It's like Jim Carrey's movie, you know, The Yes Man or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you just like you just agree to it. So like, there's been shows that I really don't feel like I'm not a I'm not really comfortable with roast battles. But I've done it, you know. Sometimes the improv shows or stuff like that. Like you know, I've done them a few times. Other times, you know, when Ivan invites us to you know his thing with a stand-up store, you know, we've both agreed to that. Why not? You know, it's maybe not the usual place you're comfortable in or something. Yeah, give it a shot. From there, I've also been offered um, television spots and. I've now done uh, one pilot for a TV series and I also did uh, one sort of like one of those prank shows sort of stuff. And why not? You know, just give it a shot because at the end of the day and the reason why I got into stand-up was because it was just to tick a box off the list to say I have done it. You know, I think that's the thing. You've got to look at your opportunities as one of the best things I remember hearing once. Um, the big mistake, and I think this ties in with one and two, is a lot of people wait to find out what their inspiration is. You know, it's like, it will strike them like lightning and then they're like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my yeah. life. And it's this bullshit because you can sit around waiting for 30 years. I mean, you know, it wasn't until I was really in my 30s that I finally figured out, oh, wait, stand up. I wish I had given it a shot way early because I would have found out a lot sooner. I would, you would feel it. And one thing I read once was someone said, in your, like the moment you can, from when you're a teenager into your 20s and everything, try everything. Try every single thing you can do. Try writing a novel. Try bungee don't, jumping. Don't try, try. Don't try everything, kids. Don't try like terrorism. Don't you know? Don't try like mass shootings. Well, don't try yeah. like heroin. Well, repeatedly. yeah. As long as it's legal. Okay, let's try everything legal. Try to do as many different things because it's through that that you don't know. You might come across something. You know, you might find out. Oh, wow, I really like. It's like one thing I've never been able to get into, but I know that I'm I'm curious about. And if I ever got the opportunity, I would take it. Um, is for example sailing. It was actually a real. I have you know done a couple of times with people who knew what they were doing, and I was like, wow, this is a really cool sport. Unfortunately, it requires money. But the whole point is is by doing that, I now know, I can now have that as a background. Like if I ever get the opportunity, if someone says there's a cheap sailing course you can take during a summer, I'd be like, oh yeah, sign me up. You know what I mean? But I only know that because I've done it once or twice before. Same thing with a comedy. You've got to try these opportunities because you might discover that maybe you are great at corporate gigs or maybe you're really good at boat roast battles. That's that's your flavor, you know? Yeah, with performing, definitely. Like try different formats, different stages, different venues, different Different cities. personas even, even, like different yeah, styles. Yeah, and this is a big well. one. But I would say even... Okay, so for example, here in Moscow, for already like three, maybe four years now, if not to count the lockdown period when it was just impossible, uh -huh. we have like monthly headliners, for example, yeah. where we bring comedians from other countries to Moscow to perform. They're not all, you know, like, let's say, professional or Netflix level comics or so on. They're yeah. comedians who are well-known and experienced in their own market 
on, yeah. in their own city. But they are really, again, they're different. Mm -hmm. They're just, they bring, you know, a new point of view, new perspective, new style of performing, mm -hmm. etc. Plus, some of them are quite, you know, uh, established comics with really, really strong credits, like uh, appearances on BBC, on Comedy Central, on yeah. Channel 4, etc., etc. Or major clubs in America. Or yeah, in, in or, or big, big clubs or uh, late night shows and stuff. Yeah. And then we have this community of, let's say, 10, 15, maybe 20 comics who do our shows here mm -hmm. and not even... Not even all, I would say not even like 30% of those comics actually attend those shows. Yeah. You know what you, what I mean? Like you can attend a show, you can see a professional, a comic from a different country, you can see how they perform, you can pick up something, you yeah. can learn something, you can meet, you can shake hands, you can yeah. add them on Facebook. In two, ask three, questions. Ask questions. In two, three, five years, you can maybe go there and ask for a spot. For a mm. That's networking. That's how it works. Yeah. But people just don't even use those opportunities. I know. And, and, and one thing I remember hearing about, like Edinburgh Fringe Festival, like a lot of people, and especially young comics or people who want to think get into comedy, we have this misconception well, it's kind of the myth, you know, you go to Edinburgh, you perform, you get new talent or you get nominated at least as, you know, greatest new talent for the year. And then you'll get a gig or you'll get touring and stuff like that. It's about how, you know, you'll be discovered. Um, but from what I've heard a lot of comedians, that's not true. It's, Edinburgh is not the place to be discovered. Edinburgh is the place to be, to network. It's the place to place get to, to meet know yeah. everyone else. Because then, like you said, it's where you, meet. I mean, look, Oleg has managed to get uh, quite a few of the people for Steal the Show from people that he met while in Edinburgh. I mean, neither of us has quite made, we haven't been able to make it to Edinburgh. We've tried a couple of times, but COVID and all that sort of stuff. But the whole point was, I wanted to get that, yes, just to meet other comedians, to find out what's available, to find out what their local scene is. How hard is it to get in there? I I mean, you know, maybe maybe try LA or New York, but get some insider information first of all before you go there so you're a little better prepared. Or maybe you might discover that, for example, okay, New York is really difficult to get in. If you go there, you might not get any stage time at all because it's so hard. But on the other hand, maybe Toronto is actually the next best thing or Chicago. From what I hear, Chicago is actually pretty damn good, but kind of overlooked. People usually think of New York and LA as the major hubs, but I Chicago also, is actually, especially for improv. You also might be able to get some good spots there yeah. because you would be something new and something different yeah. there because they have, I don't know, uh, 7,000 New York or New Jersey yeah. comics waiting in line, yeah. you know, and you come as a, whatever, as a Russian guy doing bits about life in Russia, yeah. whatever. And you might be able to get way yeah. better spots and maybe even paid spots because you're something that is yeah. not so common and, and yeah. usual there. But it doesn't even matter if you, if you, you don't have to only exploit it or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. like benefit from it. You can just do it for the purpose of being a part of that community, meeting mm -hmm. people, learning, you know, as when we did the episode with Grant, yeah. our friend from Scotland that lives in Prague and he was talking about Fringe how there are so many amazing different shows that you can go yeah. and watch and you can like just learn or you yeah. can be like inspired or touched by it or whatever yeah. but it's the same here you know like his show that he did uh, in Moscow a month ago or something was way different than the shows that we do. Yeah. And every foreign headliner and guest we have that passes through Moscow is so different and, and yeah. such different, like, you know, inspiration and, and, you know, just has a different touch to yeah. it and, and has a different approach. Yeah, a different method that you just go, oh, can you do that? I, I could do that. Yeah. Or I could do something similar. Or, hey, maybe I can do a twist on that. Yeah, exactly. Plus, when we did the online shows, as you mentioned, that was a great opportunity to meet people, to network, to perform with different people, yeah. uh, to even get some credits. Yeah, like I can now say I performed at the Bur Burbanks, I think it's called, comedy club that is very frequently a stage for Kevin Hart or Jay Leno or someone yeah. like, like obviously like physically in, in real life. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I did a show there. It was an online show, but that's what that's was the show that was available then. So, you yeah. know, yeah, I would say use the opportunities in terms yeah. of performing, connections, exposure, whatever whatever you can. Yeah. But then the number three ties directly into that, which is know your value mm. and set your own conditions. So number three, know okay, your- Okay, explain the second half. I, okay, the first one I, I, I get, but the second one, okay, so go in more detail. Yeah, okay, I'll repeat it one, once more and then I'll explain it. Number three, mm -hmm. know your value, set your own conditions. Right. right. So first of all, I said two hundred an hour, no kissing on the mouth. You're talking. You're talking about uh, corporate corporate gigs. Yeah. Corporate yeah. stand up gigs. Yeah. That's that's with what Richard Gear. That's what I with, with <laughs> Bill Cosby. Uh, that's, that's what I always tell them. Yeah. So I, I I guess yours was reference to just a silly little movie from 
like late 80s or whatever it was yeah. and mine was like some, a, some a, unknown girl a real Je one what's her name oh, i can never remember um jessica Jessica Robinson. Julia, Ro yeah, something, yeah. Jessica Robinson. Yeah. Um, Jessica Rabbit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, it's uh, know, know your value, set your own conditions. Know your value means that, yeah, I said maximize your opportunities, mm -hmm. right? Perform, uh, meet people and so on, get exposure. Yeah. But know your value, don't do stuff that you're not comfortable with. Don't do stuff that doesn't bring you anything. Don't just do anything. You know what I mean, uh, and I'll give a few. I'll give a few examples. So when we did that first major show, like yeah. back in 2016, maybe we did a big theater. Uh, it's a big theater, uh, like very cult theater in the center of Moscow. 500 people. We charged quite a large price back then, mm. right? And we featured five of our best comics that English Moscow scene had back then, mm -hmm. right? Five of the best guys and. Basically, we charged people, we rented the venue, we did all the promotion and stuff, and we paid comics for it, right. obviously. like It wasn't like a huge sum, but it was, again, well above normal kind of paycheck you would get for a 10-15 minute set. I think we did 15 each, five people did 15 minutes, yeah. right? And that was Saturday, and then a comic from that show next Wednesday did an open mic for free with all those same jokes, which immediately you know, just makes it all useless. Because you are ready to uh, do your 15, your best 15, your tight 15 on a big show on Saturday evening at a huge theater, etc., etc. But you are also ready to do those same jokes at an open mic for free. Not You're not trying some new material. You're not, you're just kind of, you know, you're, you're selling yourself short. You're giving yourself away for free. All right, I, I see what you mean. I, I see what you mean. Um, the only thing about that is, is like, well, I mean, that was the beginning days. I mean, at that point, um, and I remember when I was starting off, limited range of what you can do. Like, as in, there are limited range of of what of good bits and bad bits. So I think the only problem there is that, especially when you're starting off, maybe that was the only bits that he really had that he felt comfortable. Maybe he just wanted to work on it more. I, I do get the point, like, doing it so soon afterwards, it sort of cheapens it and sort of like, well, yeah. you know, what was the point of people paying? Because if you went to both shows and you were like, well, why the hell did I pay for that show when I just heard it for free here? So I, I do get that. Um I think there might, but then in that case, that would be, and we all learn from things. I mean, okay, maybe from that experience, you can then learn while you're organizing, go, okay, guys, you're going to do like your best material, but try not to use this material for the next month or two months afterwards, you know, try new stuff no, afterwards. I mean, use, use the material, but you have to have your, you know, this is my, this is good enough to be paid for. Yeah. And this is what I'm selling. And yeah. this is what I'm working on this is what i'm trying well, this yeah is what, and this you know, and this is the other thing is also knowing what to do for what show like for example uh today after this uh well you're performing and then i'm going to be supporting sam comedian a british comedian that we just mentioned before uh, i'll be his support act his warm-up act and as such obviously i'm not going to really do new material right i'm not going to do brand new stuff and spend 15 minutes trying out a whole bunch of things i mean that's not what i'm getting paid for that's not what i've been asked to do this for it's not what i'm being hired in inverted commas um i, I am hired right yeah anyway 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 so the yeah, that's yeah. That's, yeah. that's what it is you 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 were booked as yeah. a warm-up act to do your good 15 to warm yeah. up for the main. exactly exactly so at that point yeah i, I i'm i want to do that now at the same time i have been in this sort of conundrum at the moment because i'm i am now thinking like we're also in the middle of a stand-up competition which I'm in and next one is the semi-finals and then the finals so I'm like well I probably shouldn't do material then that I'm going to use in those shows like that I want to use in those shows because if people come to this show then I lose that that factor I lose that spontaneous factor you know uh the people will be like oh no wait I heard this last weekend when he opened for Sam so now I've got to think about that so that's where I'm weighing up what to do you know what I mean and it is a bit of a tricky situation but that's also knowing your value and the value and I think it's just your value it's what is the value of your jokes what are the value of your material and how you want to use it and where you want to use it this is why for example a lot of comedians get very uh, sensitive about burnt material and things like that you know when once they decide to in inverted commas burn material which means they record it it's out in the mainstream so that there is a very high likely chance that if they perform it in future after that people will already know it it loses its spontaneous factor so well, it's that's what they call burning right i would say there is two very distinctive 
streams of mm-hmm. thoughts or like philosophies on this, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Because one, like Jerry Seinfeld, is the huge kind of um, I don't know face for this one philosophy, uh, which is basically he does have half even yeah. nowadays he can do his like 90s jokes because people they have seen it on dvds they've seen it on well, it's still like the nostalgia but, trip it's like the previous yeah, album it's like, like place your hits place yeah, your when, hits when when you know like like whatever when eminem does a concert now you want to hear the latest new songs but you also want to hear like Classic. i'm Slim shady you yeah. know like it's you've known you know the song but you you know he's like it's like the best off you yeah. want to and you can still maybe not burst out laughing but you can still enjoy it and appreciate it and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Be like, oh, that's a reference. I know that's a joke. I know. So yeah. I, the problem here, exactly this situation that you've described, is that it's the same venue and it's the same like month, right? So you've yeah. done two two rounds already, qualifications and quarterfinals, yeah. and now you're doing a warm up for Sam, and then you're doing semifinals and maybe finals. Let's yeah. see. Hopefully, finals. Finger fingers crossed <laughs> for David. People support yeah. David in the competition. But yeah, <laughs> so that's the, that's the thing. Like it's just kind of unfortunate situation that is the same month and same room and same everything right but in overall in in, you know normal world in like open market right uh there wouldn't be such always such huge overlap with you know you're burning your material by doing it doing it now another thing what i've seen is as i said in the previous point like user opportunities get exposure you know get exposure anywhere you can but i think also on your own conditions like know your Mm -hmm. value because i get these proposals and we talked about it i think off air uh just uh just between us right i get now and then i get this like people hit me up oh uh we have a thing would Mm -hmm. you like to host it or something like this or we have a tv program would you like to take part or something like this we need a foreigner we need someone who speaks fluent English. We need someone who can joke and who's like good at it, whatever. Would you like to take part? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. What are the hours? What are the conditions? What are the requirements? And what is the pay? Right? And they're like, hours from 10 in the morning till 7 in the evening. Conditions are you have to learn this script and you have to come dressed like this and requirements, whatever. Pay? Oh, no, it's for free, but you'll get good exposure. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Fuck, go fuck yourself. You know, because it creates a precedent for the market that yeah. people can, because it's a job. It's mm. not like I do this for free, but donate if you can support us. I do this yeah. for free because this is something I love and enjoy and you're a friend and we chat more like kind of as yeah. comics and as two people in the same boat again and stuff. But if you want to book me for something, then like, you know, make me an offer. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah. and this is, but a lot of people would agree to those things Easily with no, like, you know, they would not even ask for payment or something. And I don't mean like even let's say when it's for TV or something, which is obviously produced and it has a budget and so on. But even, you know, like someone says, can you come and host my corporate party? And we're like, yeah, sure. I can, you know, it just sets the tone that comics will do shit for free because it's just a way for them to, because again, on our market, at least a lot of people do it for the wrong reasons. Mm. They do it for getting attention. For yeah. meeting girls or guys, for well, being the I, cool I guy. I wouldn't say they're wrong reasons. I would just say they're very amateur reasons. Okay, yeah. Like they're very beginner reasons. Like, I mean, a lot of us joined for those reasons. You know, we wanted to have fun and it was a good way to kind of present yourself and peacock in front of the in front of the gender that you're interested in or whatever. Uh, and, and sometimes even in front of the genders that you weren't interested in, but hey, they showed interest backs and you were just like, oh, that's very nice. Thank you. I'm flattered, which is fine. It's happened. And you know, you just, it's a way of peacocking and showing off. And then of course being the, it's like being the guitarist in the local cover band yeah, or something, yeah, you exactly. know, whatever. And it's fine. I, I have no problems with that. I don't have a problem with anyone who just does open mics and is just, you know, wants to goof around, have fun and improv and, and just throw anything they want on, onto the, onto the mic. Uh, great. Go for it. And really, I, in a way I encourage it, especially at the beginning, because it's um part of discovering who you are. Like, I think uh, this is where I slightly disagree when you were saying like, you know, uh, don't just try anything i was like well it depends on the venue for an open mic yeah do anything you want if you want to get up there wearing your pants on your head and singing tunes while blowing on a piccolo through your nose if that's what you want to try out on an open mic not no, a problem obviously only uh, uh, if you're booked and paid for a this show this is where it gets different don't yeah. come 
playing a flute with your nose. Well, unless unless but, that's what you're being. Unless that's your real uh, that's what you're being, yeah, yeah, and you're exactly. being booked for that. They were exactly. like, you know what, that piccolo bit, do it, do that bit. But that was just the what we loved it. Please do it. We'll pay you to do the piccolo bit. Okay, fine. But then that's what you're saying, getting paid for it because it's knowing your value. Obviously, that is then valued. So yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, it just depends on the situation. Um, I, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. I had maybe. Three years ago, I had an offer. There is this uh, production company mm -hmm. and a YouTube channel that I will not name, but they record comics, basically. That's what they do. They record comics and publish it on YouTube. Right. Uh, they worked with Russian comics for about maybe two years or something. And then they decided to add some English as well to their channel just okay. to diversify, to attract different audience, whatever, or just because it also exists. So why not include one in 10 can be an English set or, or uh, show, yeah. right? So basically what they asked was to record my special, right? Mm -hmm. to, to record my hour. And this was so maybe three years ago. So after like four years of my experience, my stand-up journey, at which point I really I did have like strong 50, 55 definitely, like mm. like a, a solo show. Yeah. And I've done it as a solo show a couple of times as well in Moscow at the St. Petersburg Festival that we attended together yep. and stuff like this. I wanted to take it to Fringe. Basically, I had my solo show yep. and they hit me up and they were like, so uh, would you like to record it? Like, we'll bring the director, all the equipment, we'll edit it, we'll record it, we'll gather the crowd, we'll sell the tickets, everything, everything, yeah. right? And you will have your hour, like, in great quality on YouTube. And yeah. I was like, yeah, sure, that sounds like a great offer, right? What do you pay? And they were like, nothing, it's for you. I'm like, that's not for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? How is yeah. that for me? I'm burning an hour of my material that I worked on for four years. Yeah. I'm putting it on your YouTube, not even mine, on yeah. your YouTube channel for your people who see like Russian every week to be like, what is this English shit? I want this. I didn't ask for this. Yeah. Blah, blah, whatever. If it doesn't fit their like corporate image or whatever mission, vision, whatever it is, their audience. Plus, you know, like it's, uh, I'm giving you my yeah. work and I'm getting back good quality recording. Like mm -hmm. I can do that for, I don't know, in Moscow, basically, you can record your show for something like $500, let's mm -hmm. say with all the equipment, all the necessary things, right? I mean, I can do it. With, I can gather 50 of my friends and record it in my club that, that yeah. I then like had, you know, not just give it to you. Yeah. And, and even they were selling tickets for those shows and even that doesn't go to you. Oh, wow. So, you know, but basically like, and the answer was, but it's for you. Like, it's so yeah. good for you to have that hour recorded. I'm like, I'll record 10, 15 minutes. No yeah. problem. I'll give you my best 15 minutes because I have three more hours that I can, you know, do if I ever yeah, get yeah. somewhere with this. But I'll give you my tightest 15 minutes. No problem. But I'm not recording my hour. Are you insane? Mm. You know, like, I worked for four years to get this hour. And now you're asking me to just record it for you yeah, as yeah. a way for you to attract people to your channel. Yeah. And this kind of offer, and I know comics who did it. Again, mm. comics who did it, I'm pretty sure under exactly the same conditions because yeah. I don't think that they just decided not to pay me. Everyone else gets paid. <laughs> so uh, th that's what I'm saying. Like, But if you really want, if you have an hour that you don't need anymore, yeah. I mean, basically, you've toured with it, you've done Fringe or whatever, you've done wh whatever, whatever. Now you just want to record it. Then take that offer. Yeah. Record it. You yeah. have a good quality that's, recording. That's knowing that's that's well. They basically the same for like knowing your own value, but also you know on your conditions. Are you comfortable with yeah, it? Yeah. If exactly. you're not comfortable exactly. with it, then just refuse and go. No, I'm not comfortable with it because well, it's like anything. You need consent, and yeah. uh, it is true. And tell you don't want to Bill Cosby. Yeah. Well. Yeah, someone needs to tell him more often. So yeah. So that's it. All right. So shall we move on? Yes. Number four. Okay. And this is. This is the one that, you know, might be a controversial one, oh, okay. but I include it. It's not a controversial one, right. but it's people can take it maybe the wrong way or whatever. But I think it's one of the most important ones because it just helps you keep you sane and keep your mental health and even physical health and so on. Mm -hmm. And it says, number four, don't work with cunts. <laughs> it's not worth it. And let me, let, Sometimes you don't have a choice, though. Yeah, the, but let me explain. So as previous to, again, say, like, use your opportunities, perform as much as you can, get exposure, whatever, whatever. Great. Yes, all important things. But working with cunts, and by cunts, I mean, like, people who have repeatedly proved and shown that they are hard to work with, that they are a pain in the ass, that they will constantly disrupt your flow, your process, that they will make problems, they will come to the... If we talk about 
booking a comedian that right. will come let's say drunk that will come let's say late that will cancel last moment right, if we right. talk about the the actual producers organizers mm. that will not prepare the room for you mm. that will not even do the mic check that will you know that will not seat people properly that will ignore like forget about your show and not promote it yeah. or if we talk even personally people who would and that has happened to me so many times like people don't even know these things but you know i get after just a regular friday show just a regular friday show that was you know like a bucket show it was like six selected comedians nothing you know nothing you know, like huge scale no one's getting paid huge money for it it's not yeah. some kind of you know it's just a little fun friday show i would get messages at like two three in the morning after one of the comedians gets drunk or comes home or whatever messages like five messages in a row like when you introduced me why didn't you say this man is funny i think i'm funny how dare you you piece of shit you disrespect me like that in front of everyone you're wow. hosting the show and they're looking up to you and you say all the way from mm, but you don't say here's a funny guy i think i'm a funny guy you're an absolute piece of shit you think you're better than everyone seriously and seriously and wow. i mean from not from one person but from several like from numerous and not once but many times and it's not, not about just like this kind of trivial stuff sometimes it's about some other stuff you know some decisions you make as a producer that someone gets seven minutes someone gets ten mm -hmm. why did i get seven minutes two months ago you told me that uh, this is good material what are you uh, are you like a hypocrite you told me this is great tight ten and now you give me seven you piece of shit i sacrifice my everything for this like this kind of stuff as a as a as a producer as a comic again like similar things you know i remember some years like four or five years ago i had a similar joke to a guy i've never seen perform mm -hmm. because i was for two months at home and he was performing here in moscow and he also performed in a place i don't perform at at all like right. for the last five years or something you know the the, the place right, right. i'm talking about and stuff and then once we crossed paths and uh, at one other like independent show that someone booked and he was like i have that same premise you piece of shit you stole it from me like i tried to write my own material and i see that people keep stealing from me blah blah i'm like i've never met you you know yeah. what i mean like we live in moscow we see the same things we just accidentally noticed the same thing I yeah can, i don't even want to it wasn't even a good joke it was like a concept for me i was trying to develop i'm like i'm not gonna use that joke leave me alone but no i kept getting like voice messages on whatsapp wow. from this person you know like badgering me yeah, about yeah. this so yeah i would say like if, if there well, is look a... there's always going to be some form of toxic i mean there's always toxic people i mean you can't avoid and anything you do i mean hell even if you're like you're playing chess i'm sure there's toxic people playing chess there's toxic people who do morris dancing or or whatever like you know there's it's... probably a lot of toxicity in morris dancing oh yeah That's... yeah totally totally it's, <laughs> it seems it's like a, a tough industry it's 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 a hive for it really it's a hive totally but the, that's the thing is you always gonna That's, get that the problem wait, is when you can't avoid it yeah this is this is where it got because obviously the the simple advice is you know well just don't interact with it keep away from it but it's like you said like you know you even with this club where you haven't been to like in five years and then all of a sudden someone from that club starts berating you just because you know you happen to cross paths and at one moment you know it's it's this sort of thing can can uh be unavoidable at times uh, I, I think it's basically I, I think the advice i would say is uh, I would give a slight twist to that where it's like, try not to let the cunts get to you. Yeah. Um, that's what I would say. Like, you know, just just forget about, sometimes you have to swallow your pride a little bit or you have to ignore it or you have to, your, you, you know, your your ego or your or even just your your feelings. Sometimes you, it's shitty to say because, you know, especially in this day and age, we're supposed to express our feelings or at least acknowledge them. And no, acknowledge it, but also be aware that sometimes some people have just got, maybe they're just going through a bad day as well and whatever. But it is it is very annoying. I think basically this is where self-management, meditation or whatever might no, be good. No, I would say definitely a comedian needs to have a thick skin, like yeah. very thick skin to go through everything with like mm. the audience, with other comics, with this yeah. whole community and stuff. And you have to learn how to just ignore it, deal with it go around it whatever you can yeah. but i'm just saying Manager. if someone has a repeatedly like a history of misbehavior yeah. of like you know you understand that at any point any time any context working with yeah. this person will bring headache and problems yeah. to to whoever to the venue to the audience to yeah. you as a fellow comic to you as a host to you as a producer whatever context it is i would say you know just cut them out basically 
nobody is irreplaceable, I think, in entertainment because mm. no matter how actually, like, even if it's some like popular successful comic and they're like, I have the right to be a cunt because yeah. I've made a name for myself or whatever. You yeah. still don't. You kind of like, you know. Well, you, yeah, I mean, one, there's reputation. That's always something you've got to be aware of, like, you know, actions and consequences there because you can easily get a reputation uh, and they're they're easier to get than they are to lose. Yeah, that's exactly. very true. So be careful and be aware of that, the image that, that people portray. Uh, also, at the same time, though, uh, I would have to say that I think a big I think a big problem is communication as well. Like for people who stand on stage and we communicate with a whole audience, sometimes comedians can be very bad at communicating with each other. Uh, so, and, yeah. and I think that at the same time, this is going back to that previous one about value and self-worth. You have to let people know what you think your value is without that, you know, two o'clock in the morning, you know, you're a dick or message. Without stuff like I'm better than you. Or yeah, just exactly. Like but just simply like, you know, for example, you know, if someone doesn't like, you know, you don't like the way you're being introduced on stage, then let them know. Can you introduce me as this week, please? Like you didn't do it this time. But at the same time, it's, I, I'm of the opinion, unless they asked you beforehand, like introduce me, say that I'm from here, but don't mention this, but mention this. Then if I'm a host, for example, I'd be like, absolutely happy. Thank you. You actually made my job easier because I don't have to think about how to introduce you. You've told me how you want it. But if I introduce you, you don't like it, and then you come back and go, oh, well, you know, that was wrong, you can be like, well, you give me the specifications. Otherwise, you have to accept how you're introduced in a way. No, like obviously, if it's like a imaginary complaint, you know, mm -hmm. like just kind of their own subjective opinion or some kind of you know just uh, lashing out based on yeah. ego or whatever that's one thing but even if it's an actual genuine complaint and uh you know like whatever don't be a dick about it yeah just don't like drunk message me at 2 a.m in the morning yeah. and you just know don't when drunk I'm, message when I'm ever at, yeah ever. when i'm like at home doing my own stuff tell me yeah. next time before the show when yeah. it's that environment when it's that context by the way this time when you introduce me can you not say this this and this but please say this this and this i would really appreciate it i'll be like yeah of course yeah you absolutely know, just, no problem yeah um, yeah. Right, and number five, yeah. the the fifth and the final one for this episode, and we'll continue with the other five in the next part, is always be your own biggest critic. Be honest with yourself. Be humble. So Ooh. I've I've seen a lot of people basically. Well, this is something that I try to follow constantly, and I really don't think that I'm a, the greatest comic in any place or whatever in any mm. even lineup. I don't think that. That's not because also, like, don't have low self-esteem. Again, value yourself, know your value. Yeah. But also be critical. Watch yeah. your own videos, talk to people, see where you can improve, and just understand where is your place, you know, like, yeah. in the circuit, in the potential market. Yeah, what are you, like, SWAT yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, this, this kind of what stuff. What is SWAT, exactly, for people who may not know? Oh, they should Google. Uh, okay. They should, they should go to a fucking school if they don't know what a SWAT is uh but yeah they can google it anyways so yeah know your strengths know yeah. your opportunities at the same time like where can you use those strengths know your weaknesses mm -hmm. and know the threats that can like throw you off uh, at any point you know like just kind of and be honest with yourself i think mm -hmm. also important i don't think i'm the best comic in moscow i don't think i'm the best comic in russia i don't think that i would be the best comic if i go to berlin or london or new york or whatever and this also helps me being motivated to become better not yeah. the best but better and to improve and to so on and i think be humble like i've seen this i guess this is that part and we talked about it previously in some episodes like being a comedian and so on that you have to have an ego like yeah. a very developed ego to be a public performer and so on but don't let that ego take control yeah be keep humble. it in check like yeah well the way i figured is if you are if you think you are the best in the scene. So let's say you're a comedian. Let's say you got to the point, right, where you were like, you know what, Dave? I think I'm the best comedian here in Moscow, at least English-speaking comedian, right? I think I'm the best English-speaking comedian in Moscow. I've hit at that point. My my advice to you would simply be then, well, get out of Moscow, go to a bigger scene, because now you're the big fish in a little pond. What's the point? Now go to, for example, Berlin. And try to be the big fish there. Once you get to Berlin, and you're like, you know what? I think I'm now one of the big, at least one of the big fish. Great, go to London then, yeah, right? or go to New York. Like, sure get so. get out of that because I think that's one thing. Like, if you if any comedian really thinks they're the big fish in the little pond that they're in, then and they don't move, 
or they're not trying to go ahead, then that means one of two things. Either you're the person who just wants to be like going back to the analogy of the cover band, the weekend warrior cover band. Yeah, you're the all you want to do is just get laid with the local girls, with the with the uh, divorced mums and all the rest, and fine. Like, but then don't don't think too big of yourself as well. Like, you know, yeah. understand where your place is. Like, yes, I'm the big fish in this pod. Yeah, and then help the others and help those. And if they want to move on, then you help them move on. Maybe you didn't take that opportunity, but you can help someone else take that opportunity. And that way, that's still having an ego, but still being humble because you're like, look, I am happy, you know, shagging the single moms and all the rest. Like at this point, like you know, doing my weekend warrior sort of stuff. And I'm happy here. I'm very comfortable. I'm one of the big fish. And now let me help you move on. And maybe you can go and take it into places where I haven't been, but you can move ahead. Like that's being humble and having an ego all at the same time. It is possible. It's a balancing act, but it's knowing your worth, your value and all the rest, like you were saying before. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you give back, if you become yeah. like a mentor figure, yeah. you know, like a sensei, I'll teach you everything <laughs> I've learned. I'm the best here. Yeah. So, or, or, you know, a, or a compatible critique, cr critic, critic. Like, you know, you critique a comedian, he critiques you or she critiques you and you critique each other and yeah, you know you basically yeah. give each you other can, feedback that's great exactly or you can build something then like, yeah. I'm, a, I'm the best comedian in this city okay i'll build a club i'll build yeah. a something to give others you know to, i'll do to workshops yeah exactly so i mean but that's still i think all those things are being humble it's like mm. i'm good so i'll teach others i think but being like kind of i'm better than you and that's it and i yeah. know people who for some reason i don't know for what fucking reason but for some reason think that they're better than others well, because uh, there's people like that everywhere. That, that's ego. That's, no, that's I understand. But, just... you know, like coming coming to a show of your, let's say, peers, your comrades, sitting in the back and laughing, making fun of them for like, you know, for for their jokes, for their English, for anything, for, you know, for bombing and stuff and laughing at them for like, that's not, you know. No but at the same much... time, comedians are a bit weird. We are. I have seen comedians do it and they don't do it out of malice. And, and I mean, I, I know. I can't remember. I, I was the oh yeah, you know when I used way too complicated words and I came out and you and our room were like pissing yourselves laughing and I could hear you pissing behind like laughing behind me when during the show and I was just like ah oh, shit I just screwed up and I mean that was but I didn't take it in a bad way like I, I that wasn't and I knew it wasn't mean spirit it wasn't like oh, David fucked up he's such a loser it was <laughs> we told you that you idiot I but remember two of such instances one was that we yeah. had a show for. English school. So those were like learners of English. Yeah. At best, they were like upper intermediate. Most of them were pre-intermediate, intermediate. Yeah. And you as obviously native speaker and a fast talker and stuff, yeah. I just said like, do your stuff. I mean, they're going to enjoy it. Like you're a great performer. You do a lot of like body movements and body language. Yeah. And that's great for people who don't understand the language that well and stuff. But just like tone it down on the big words. Yeah. Like just don't use some big complicated words that is going to be really hard for them to grasp and understand. Yeah. And you go out and you say something like disconcerted, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're like yesterday I was a bit disconcerted. I was like god god <laughs> like we like the one thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And and then really like yeah, I remember <laughs> within, laughing within the, like the third sentence. Yeah, I remember <laughs> laughing to the whole set. I'm like, "Bro, we told you that to." And and yeah. then, and then the other other instance of that was exactly that that show I mentioned in the very first point yeah. i think or the second point when we did the big theater show on saturday mm -hmm. and then there was like a free open mic on wednesday and yeah. that guy came with exactly the same 15 minutes and me and one other comedian we were sitting in the back and we were like whispering his set word by word <gasps> oh, while he was doing it right, I mean, right. to each other yeah we're not to spoil yeah, it for yeah. the audience and not kind of shouting and heckling yeah. but we were like whispering and giggling through the hole because we've heard it again we've heard those 15 minutes million times but mm -hmm. then like few days ago it was like let's say sold like mm -hmm. as a final material and now it's again being offered for free yeah. you know to these people who've never heard it and we were like whispering through the hole but i mean that's more like the there's always this factor of teasing like uh, you know kind of roasting or whatever in the in the comedy community yeah. but i think as long as it's friendly and not it's not it doesn't come from malice and it doesn't come from like envy or yeah and i ego. have i have noticed sometimes that it can be like in a more mean spirit sort of thing and you just feel like going eh. like one thing one thing I, I don't I don't like was when someone if someone says to me like oh is this person meant to be funny, and I just feel like going well either a maybe they're a beginner or b maybe they just got a different sense of humor like they're just coming in with a different angle. I, I sometimes feel I actually feel a little bit awkward at that moment because even if I don't think it's funny myself, like I remember watching a, a comedian once, um, and. Uh, it was it was someone who was visiting coming through Moscow, so it wasn't a regular. But you know he did his show, and 
it was all right. I mean, there were some very funny bits, but there were some other bits where I was just like, really? This is a bit? Like, I don't get it. And then one of the other comedians kind of just also kind of voiced their concern was this like, really? This is this is what passes for humor where this person is from? And I felt really awkward because I'm like going, well, either A, maybe yeah. Maybe that is what passes for humor. Uh, or B, maybe this is just not working for this set. Maybe back home it, it clicks a lot more. Maybe there's some sort of reference. Or maybe he's just not feeling it. Or it's just he's got a different sense of humor than us. Maybe it's something different that we're not really uh, aware of, for example, right? A style of humor that's maybe slightly different. I don't know. But for whatever case, I'm like, well, he's giving it a shot. And he's not doing horribly. But yeah, there are a couple of cringeworthy moments or moments where you're just like, what the hell? I, I know what still. you mean. And I, I can't call myself a saint that I yeah. have not like seen people bomb for 10 minutes and i was like really that's your material that i heard you and you are good supposedly yeah. you know and stuff like this it's uh yeah of course like i watch it critically as well and i yeah. judge it and i compare it to my material and to my sense of humor and what i find funny yeah. uh i mean of course i've done it a million times but then i would discuss it either after the show or with like some specific person or in a circle of not yeah. during the show not pointing out at laughing at a person not during the show commenting to other comics in the earshot of the mm. audience like oh my god this like stupid joke again or something yeah. like this and, and i think that's that's the other problem is that you got to be aware like if you have a separate green room where you're watching it from and no one else can hear you fine you know critique and all the rest but yeah, at the back of the club. Oh, that that oh, I've even, heard. Even to the comics, like I could come yeah. to you after the show because we're also like friends and we're mm. co-hosts and stuff. I could be like, oh, I didn't like the set of that person, oh, yeah. and what the what the fuck was that, and how is that funny, and so on. But not enter a green room of eight other comics during the show and be like, that guy is super shit. It's yeah. you know, it's really it creates like a negative opinion in their minds yeah, and yeah. It creates this. Anyways, I but that's that's just one example. I think there are many examples in in which you know this this yeah. uh, behavior can be seen so i think be how like criticize yourself first yeah you know like uh, watch your material what ask people about it you know criti criticize your if you want to criticize anything criticize yourself mm -hmm. uh and like be humble in a sense that you know you're not that better than others and even if you're the best in where you are as you said like go to berlin you'll be the worst go to london you'll be the worst you know what i mean yeah so try to try Move to up. do try Move to do up. different things yeah. before you like judge yeah. and so on and also remember you were where they were at some point exactly. you know we all started yeah. i mean come on i mean oh god if I, I i have watched bits that are from my early days and oh cringe absolute horrendous but at the same time i remember feeling very proud of myself because like that was a good bit and it was for for that moment it was a good bit um now i'd probably do it differently or i do it more confidence or i word it slightly and there's there's still things about me god that i still cringe about and i'm like you know what i need to work on that i need to work on it i get it i get it and mm. uh i mean I, I i get it never happened to me i recently rewatched my very first set like when and i you were like oh my, my god i'm a genius yeah i killed it it was yeah. really great so it never happened to me i think i was <laughs> born to do this and i'm great at it but what i'm saying stay humble you should stay be humble. moscow man <laughs> yeah that's that's what i'm saying just stay humble yeah. you know criticize yeah. yourself and uh try to be objective about your material like like i am i think yeah. i'm really good and i killed it from the first open mic you say like you were cringe back then now you're better that's what i want to hear yeah. people being critical and and open-minded about and thanks yourself. for your humbleness you've helped me grow in so many ways there eagle yeah i think you i think you grew a lot and i think you're way better now than you were i'm also way better i was great then now i'm excellent now i'm fucking brilliant but yeah so those were five out of ten things that I've learned doing comedy, doing stand-up for the last seven years. We will have the other five things in the next episode. If you liked what we discussed, if you have your own opinion, if you have something to add, please comment on any of the platforms you have found us on. Also yep. leave a like, subscribe, share, etc. Help us grow bigger. And if you want to help us also to invest more money into this, into promotion, into equipment, etc., you can donate some money on Patreon. We have all the links and everything in the description of the episode. All right. I think that's about it. So I've been David Munoz. And I've been Igor Monday. Ciao. Goodbye.